electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. I'm producer Cameron Costa, and on today's podcast, a consumer spending check-in. Restaurateur Cameron Mitchell has the trends at his dozens of restaurants across the country. We're seeing a little bit of movement from our fine dining restaurants down to our more polished casual brands. And a tug of war in the Senate getting foreign aid packages off the ground while supporting domestic goals. Kansas Senator Roger Marshall with his perspective. Why would we send 60, 70 billion dollars more to Ukraine when we haven't secured our own border yet? It's always to me about priorities, it's the border. Those conversations plus today's other headlines. Fed Chair Powell is warning investors not to get their hopes up for rate cuts what interest rates have done for gold and for Bitcoin, and Walmart has stopped advertising on Elon Musk's X. But Musk's colorful message to advertisers big and small still make it headlines. That word is just way too common, is it not? Get yourself a swear jar. It's Monday, December 4th, 2023, and Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one, cue it please. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin, and it's a Monday morning. First up today on the podcast, the head of the U.S. Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, said on Friday that any talk of rate cuts after a year plus of rate hikes is premature. It would be premature to conclude with confidence that we have achieved a sufficiently restrictive stance or to speculate on when policy might ease. In spite of some positive economic indicators recently on prices and the state of inflation, he said the Fed's open market committee plans on keeping policy restrictive until policymakers are convinced that inflation is heading to their goal rate of 2%. Wall Street has rallied in recent weeks on the expectation that the Fed is done raising rates and will shift into easing. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, for example, heading into Monday session was up more than 8 percent to a new 2023 high. Powell's remarks, cautious as they were, gave some credence to the idea that the Fed, if it's not ready to cut, is at least done hiking, which caught the attention of some parts of the market. Let's get back to Becky. If you're watching Treasury yields at this point, you'll see that the 10-year looks like it is, uh, okay, 424, and the two-year is only at 4.6%. All of this probably based on what we heard from Chairman Powell on Friday. That has put pressure on uh, lots of things. The Treasury uh, Treasury yields coming down significantly. The inverse of that is happening in a couple other asset classes. Gold prices actually soaring past $2,100 this morning to a new record high before pulling back slightly. You're still sitting above $2,087 an ounce at this point. 
And another high flyer that we have is Bitcoin, the cryptocurrency surging to its highest level in 19 months. <clears throat> it blew through the $41,000 level on hopes of an ETF, but also all of these moves are based on possible future rate cuts. That's uh, a big part of what's happening here and uh, some pretty exciting moves, uh, one direction or another. Meantime, uh, we've got some other uh, developments coming out of the Middle East this morning. I want to tell you about um, a U.S. destroyer along with three other commercial ships were attacked by drones and missiles in the Red Sea. The USS Kearney coming under attack and shot down several drones, Iran-backed Houthi forces in Yemen claiming responsibility for the attacks. Meanwhile, in Gaza, Israeli forces announcing that it will expand its ground assault against Hamas, bombing resuming on Friday after the ceasefire and talks broke down. So um, a lot more combat at play now. There's some weird uh, stuff in the journal about DEI funds are having some issues because they've they've got some investments in defense contractors that are benefiting from what's happening. And that doesn't go along really with your DEI. But couldn't it? I could make the case that that's truly a virtuous thing to be able to help Ukraine and help Israel. And if you have to help them by making weapons, then that is actually a positive DEI. But, you know, these people don't... I was going to say most of the groups who are investing based on DEI. They haven't really worked it all out. They haven't, you know, thought it through at this point. A bit of merger news, Alaska Air agreeing to buy Hawaiian Airlines. Uh, I think it's $1 billion. It says here $1.9 billion. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think if you just talk about the equity, it might be some debt involved, but it's a tiny little uh, deal. But interesting that the two are, you know, the last two states to, uh, uh, to get in the union. They're the... Uh, airlines They're not part of the lower 48. No, not part of the lower 48. It definitely exactly. helps to have an, an airline to get to. Yeah, it represents a big premium for Hawaiian Air. We closed at just under $5 a share on Friday. The deal now has to get the stamp of approval from regulators, and the Justice Department filed a lawsuit to block JetBlue and Spirit Airlines from merging early this year. big part of the problem is that you did not see the tourism coming from Asia back to Hawaii after the pandemic, and and that's what drove prices down there, too. Some real interesting action, and it it, uh, started in recent weeks in gold uh, and Bitcoin, and a couple of asset classes that people think uh, would do better uh, if the Fed were to go into an easing cycle or at least stop tightening. Uh, you can see that's an all-time high for gold, highest it's ever been in, like, I guess, 4 billion years. Yes. It's been valuable for, yes. for 4,000 uh, and used, obviously. And then uh, what some people refer to as digital gold, uh, this is not an all-time high, but it's up... Uh, it was 17,000 uh, at one point when it came down it's from 65,000. It's weird because you really think of these, of Bitcoin and gold being very useful in really inflationary times. If the Fed were to cut rates, it would probably be that they defeated inflation first or but just, that we get in real big trouble with the credit getting, crunch. Or they're, they're, spurring the next, they're, they're spurring the next round of, right. of inflation. At 34 trillion, you know, that's what I was thinking of. It just. Federal debt, yeah. Something's going to. I mean, Definitely. it's much harder for the government to do everything it wants to do with those interest payments. Yeah. So, what, the Fed would like to 
everybody would like rates to come down yeah. a little bit. Um, and I don't know whether something breaks or, or whether we just see Such that a death spiral in the economy or, you know, just the, the jobs numbers start seeing unemployment rise or, or whatever it is. But we're not, you know, in an election year, we're going to have very little um, we're not going to like appetite it. For yeah, very little appetite for, 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 for it. And the college football uh, playoff picture is set. Uh, Michigan, Washington, Texas and Alabama will compete for the championship. Alabama's uh, big win over Georgia in the SEC championship game pushed undefeated Florida State uh, out of the Final Four. There's uh, outrage over this. Well, I watched all of it yeah. yesterday, starting about 9 o'clock uh, until the selection was at 12. I, I was pretty sure. I, I actually said these would the be Bama the, would. Uh, that these would be the teams. Florida State's quarterback broke his leg. It is yeah. out. And. There is, I mean, Florida State totally got the shaft. It's a top, one of the big five conferences. They're undefeated. They, they won their conference. SEC, right. Right. Alabama has a loss. Texas has a loss. Texas beat Alabama. I mean, it, it, I agree exactly with, with those four teams when it was all said and done. Just, how do you explain that to Florida because State? Because Florida the State is so it's mad for the four best. Saying, it's for I, the four best teams. I know, but I, the quarterback was saying, "I wish I broke my leg earlier, so you could see that this was not just me. No, this is right. One person. It's a whole team, a team. And, and they. But you know, they and played. And they won the game after he broke his leg too. Yeah, you know, well, they played Louisville and won by like it was a defensive win. I think it was sixteen to six or sixteen to ten or something like that. It wasn't much of a. Win and, and you never know who's going to beat whom, but if you really ask most people if Alabama played FSU, who's going to win? And it's, I don't know, Alabama has got, the quarterback has matured, gotten better and better and better. They beat Georgia. Georgia hadn't lost in a couple of years. They've won two straight upset. national championships. I had, I actually had uh, Alabama. I don't know, Saban, it's just tough to bet against so. them, but we digress. Walmart saying no to X. The retail giant is the latest company to stop advertising on the social media platform. Walmart says uh, it's not a boycott, but an issue of how the ads on X have performed. Walmart has not advertised on X since October anyway. And Apple, Disney, and others stopped advertising on X in November after Elon Musk uh, appeared to endorse an anti-Semitic uh, post. Well, he at least reposted it, whether he meant what it said or not. But Musk told those advertisers exactly what they could do in a very colorful fashion uh, at Andrew, uh, Andrew's deal book summit last Wednesday. And once again, Andrew, I was thinking that it's shocking to hear it uh, on, on TV, obviously, and yep. in such a public. But then I think about a normal conversation, even my kid, in normal conversation, that, that word is just way too common. Is it not? Why do we get, I think we should all, like, only say it, no, only say it half as many times as we feel like saying it, uh, like in private conversation. You don't, you don't say it that I, we, much we, in general. Yeah, no, I'm pretty. I, I say it quite a bit. Get I, I yourself do. a swear jar. That's a, a swear jar here would probably because be Because there's no thing. reason to, and it's yeah. jarring. And I find myself when I hear songs that say it, I change the channel for yep. some reason. So know. if you don't like other people saying it, yep. we should Why should say I say it? it? Right, right. Good point. Good point, right. Joe Kernan. Curse jar. We'll get one right here. Substitute something else. I don't like frick either. No, that's might as well it's, say. Yeah, it's, it doesn't sound good. Mucking things up. You can't really say that because that might as well say it too. And it's got that hard. Oh, <laughs> I just yelled he just told you. me let's effing go. The producer. Uh, oh. You got to go. You got to go. Cheese will be next. 
Coming up on Squawk Pod, Kansas Senator Roger Marshall explains Washington's priorities, aid packages, border security, plus what's at stake for his constituents in the upcoming election. This inflation interest rates are just killing people back home. This Bidenomics has not worked out. So I think that Donald Trump is the person that will secure our borders and also give us a strong economy again. We'll be right back. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for business. Tractor Supply trusts 5G solutions from T-Mobile. Together, we're connecting over 2,200 stores with 5G business internet, empowering AI so team members can match shoppers with the products they need faster. This is enriching customer experience. This is Tractor Supply with T-Mobile for business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross-Sorkin. Here's Andrew. Pressure on the Senate this week uh, while they await the final text of a bill to fund Israel, Ukraine, and the border. Joining us right now with where Republicans currently stand, Kansas Republican Senator Roger Marshall. Uh, Good morning to you. Where do things stand? Well, Andrew, they don't stand anywhere right now. We're no closer today on an agreement on the supplemental package than we were on October the 7th. Look, this is a very complicated four-piece riddle. But to me, the, the absolute biggest priority is the border. The border, the border, the border. That's what's important to us. Every day we're losing 300 Americans. Over 10 million people have crossed the border illegally in the past three years. There have been 1.7 million gotaways. So the rest of this riddle is not going to be solved until we have meaningful border security. If that riddle is not solved, then the Republicans are going to vote down any type of cloture for the other, other three pieces of this riddle, for Ukraine, for Taiwan, as well as for funding for Israel. It's the border. And, and, and just to put it all together, I, I appreciate the importance of the border. There's no question that, that, that figuring out the immigration piece of the puzzle is important. But the question is, in the, and, and, and not that it's not an acute problem. Boy, is it an acute problem. But given the acuity, if you will, if that's a word, of the problem uh, in Israel right now, in Ukraine, potentially in Taiwan in the future, is is there no reason to try to separate these things? There's every reason to separate them. It is almost scientifically impossible to get people to agree on all four of these. Even within the Democrat caucus on the Senate side, you're not going to get unanimous agreement on how to solve any one of those right now. And when you start you know, doing something more for Israel, then you lose someone that maybe was going to support the, the Ukraine package and vice versa. It's virtually impossible. And that's why we offered on the Senate floor uh, just a couple weeks ago standalone funding for Israel that, remember, every Democrat voted against it. They went to the, to, the, uh, to the mall and Chuck Schumer said he wouldn't rest until there was funding for Israel. Three hours later, we give him the opportunity and he votes it down. Again, we're going to lose 300 Americans today. They're going to die because of fentanyl poisoning. The border is a national security issue. It's not an immigration issue. It's a national security issue. It's the border. Senator, what do you make of uh, the House trying to tie the IRS funding to all of this? 
look, I, I don't care how we pay for it. I would like to pay for it. Uh, my, my priority is to support Israel, that this is a war uh, for the sake of humanity, that we need to, to stop all type of terrorists, stop their brutality, that, if, that they're coming after us next. So that's not an issue to me on how we pay for it. Uh, I would be, gladly w- welcome my Democrat friends to come to the floor today and say, here's another way to pay for it if you'd like. I'd even consider standalone uh, legislation to support Israel without a pay for. I think it's that big of a priority. Next, again, to me, it's all about priorities, the border, the border, the border, and then let's, take care, let's get our American hostages home safely, and then let's support Israel. So given sort of where things stand, how, how do you imagine this plays out? I mean, you, you, just, you just described a situation that is untenable in so many ways uh, for the country. It's also untenable given the, the, the various factions and the various parties. Is that nothing happened? You know, very well. Look, and, that, and that's a great, present, uh, a great question. I wish the press would ask Joe Biden, why don't you want border security? Ask Chuck Schumer, why don't you support border security? That's the questions people should be asking. If they will support meaningful border security, then I think we could fix these other problems one at a time. But they're not willing to take that on. They'd rather have 10 million people cross the border illegally than fix the problem. Senator, walk through the border package as you see it, because it's not Part of the issue is the specifics of how these things get, um, you know, get put together, the, the, the actual package, what, what it actually entails. Because I think it's not just saying border security. I think there's a lot of people on all sides who, who would like border security. Uh, it's then when you, you dig into the details that it gets more complicated. Right. And and you are right. Even Democrat colleagues across the aisle come and be saying, hey, look, we need to secure the border. Look, I think border security starts with a policy change. I've been to the border three times. The last time there to a person, every Border Patrol person I talked to said, we need to change the policy. If we would change the asylum policy alone, we would decrease maybe 50 percent, maybe even 75 percent of those 10 million people that are crossing the border illegally. So changing asylum rules alone would help. And then we have to do something about about um, the parole situation. Well, President Biden has paroled one over one and a half million folks so far as well. So we need to fix parole. And then, look, we need some type of better physical security as well. More Border Patrol officers, more technology, more drug dogs, all those types of things. we can secure the border, I would do exactly what the DHS plan uh, laid out several years ago. Look, for probably $15, $20 billion, we can secure the border. Why would we uh, send $60, $70 billion more to Ukraine when we haven't secured our own border yet? It's always to me about priorities. It's the border. Senator, we got a a presidential election. Uh, Unbelievable how how quickly it's coming. I I don't know what your current relationship is with the presumptive uh, nominee at this point. I know he had endorsed uh, some other uh, individuals when you were, uh, you know, trying to become senator. And, and uh, have you endorsed uh, anyone yet for 2022 on the Republican side? You know, I, I have. Look, at this point in time, it appears as Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. And I'm going to say this. I have 10 million reasons why Americans should, should vote for President Trump. And that's the 10 million illegal border crossings. The 1.7 million gotaways is another reason. Not to mention, uh, gosh, I guess we're at 60,000, 70,000 uh, aliens of interest as well. Hundreds of uh, known terrorists have crossed our border illegally. I think, Joe, I, I think that Donald Trump will be the president of law and order, of security, of getting our, making our 
our families safe again and turning the economy as ra- around as well. You know, I think this inflation interest rates are just killing people back home. This Bidenomics has not worked out. So I think that Donald Trump is the person that will secure our porters and also give us a strong economy again. Uh, Becky, Becky has about 100 adopted states. Kansas is one of my adopted, uh, one of my... Not on my list. I know it's where you Kansas used to go one, on your way to well, college. Well, Lawrence, and you, you went to medical school, I know, at, at, uh, at, at Lawrence. I just wonder whether you, did you like the wheel or, or the hawk, or what was your, or you didn't go, I guess you had no time to go have any beers. <laughs> well, well in, in medical school, certainly we didn't have time to go drinking, but I, I have been known to have a Coors Light at the wheel, but my favorite bar is in Manhattan, Kansas. It's called Kites. I was a bartender K-State. in college, yeah. and absolutely uh, the time of my life. K-State under, yeah, and, and you're so you're still a K-State fan then? You're, you're not a total Jayhawk fan? Well, look, I bleed purple, but I have degrees from both, uh, both alma maters. I root for both of them. You know, KU has, has the most successful long-term basketball program in the entire nation. Amazing, Who can't yeah. root for the KU Jayhawks when it comes to basketball? Good football. Both foot, football teams are pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Both football teams are Sorry, pretty good Senator. this year. That must have been... Got my own team I like. Right. Yeah. It's a great time to be a Kansan. It's a great time to be Kansan. Great football, Kansas State, KU. Uh, we claim the Chiefs as well. We went had a little loss last night, but it's a great time to be a Kansan. It is. All right. Thank you, Senator. Thanks, Senator. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Senator Doctor. Next on Squawk Pod, checking in on the restaurant industry. Nationwide restaurateur Cameron Mitchell has an update on the consumer's spending and eating habits. And what's in store for business owners who rely on both? We finally have gotten rid of all the fuel surcharges we've experienced this year. So there are some uh, silver linings, I think, on the horizon. So I'm still cautiously optimistic uh, going into 2024. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. Together with Delta, we're putting 5G into the hands of ground staff so they can better assist on-the-go travelers with real-time information. From the Delta Sky Club to the Jet Bridge. This is elevating customer experience. This is Delta with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com/now. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ Market Study Times Square. I'm Andrew Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. We check in with our next guest from time to time to get an on-the-ground view of consumer spending, inflation, wages, and the labor force. Joining us right now is Cameron Mitchell. He's the founder and CEO of Cameron Mitchell Restaurants. And Cameron, for anybody who hasn't been following along, I think you have 62 restaurants in 14 states plus Washington, D.C., Many of those restaurants are pretty high-end, expensive luxury restaurants. And the, the word we've been getting from people recently, at least in New York City and, and maybe L.A. too, is that consumers are spending more at restaurants willing to spend more on alcohol than they had been in the past. What are you seeing? Well, I think uh, for us in particular, we're seeing a little bit of um, uh, movement from our fine dining restaurants down to our uh, more polished casual brands. Uh, we're down about 5% year-to-date in sales um, in, in the fine dining level. Now, we're, we're, uh, that's translated. We're up in our, in our more casual brands. So it's, it's, uh, we're going to finish the year up about 1% in sales. But it's, uh, we're seeing some shift. And uh, it's, uh, people are just spending a little bit less and, and, and not going out for that fine dining experience as often as we would have hoped. 
Is, is that, does that break down regionally? I know you have restaurants in places like Ohio, Florida, uh, lots, of other rest, uh, lots of other states too, but is it different region by region? Uh, there is some uh, uh, fluidity to that, but uh, in fine dining in particular, um, you know, Monday and Friday lunches are still very soft because people aren't in the office, et cetera. Um, uh, we're also seeing a pullback in, uh, like this December, we, our large party business, is, uh, uh, which is a lot of our bread and butter in the December you know, holiday months, is down about 15%. So um, it's, it's challenging out there. We've had a challenging year. You know, labor costs uh, are still up. Uh, uh, certainly, the uh, increased uh, interest expense that's happened uh, throughout the year with the, with the rate hikes. So we've kind of got it from all angles. There are some silver linings, though. I'll tell you, uh, Becky, our guest counts are, are above 2019 pre-pandemic level. Um, <laughs> our cost of goods is now stabilized and dropped and, and now to pre-pandemic level. Our labor uh, um, staffing levels are pre-pandemic levels, which has helped with uh, execution, labor rate stabilization, and um, um, uh, lower overtime. And then we finally have gotten rid of all the fuel surcharges we've experienced this year. So there are some uh, silver linings, I think, on the horizon. So I'm still cautiously optimistic uh, going into 2024. One of the issues is inflation. We've been trying to figure out where things stand, and, and that has the food aspect to it, but it also has energy and, and, and wages. Where, where, where do you stand in terms of what you are paying or what your expenses are based on inflation pre- and post-pandemic? Well, uh, wages, for instance, uh, we normally uh, increase our prices uh, 2% in the spring and 2% in the fall, about 4% per year, somewhere in that ballpark. And where we took more during the years of the pandemic, uh, this year we did, we passed on our spring price increase, and we only took about one and a half points uh, this fall. So um, we we feel like uh, we've kind of reached the top end of what our consumer uh, will bear. Uh, with that said, labor rates have have gone down. They're still up higher than we can raise prices, and still our biggest impact to our P&L, uh, but they are starting to stabilize. And inflation uh, itself and the food food issues, our, our cost of goods, we're seeing not only just in cost of goods, but you know everything that comes in the back door is starting to uh, reduce a little bit. We're starting to see um, uh, our, price, our prices easing uh, on that side of the fence. Cameron, one of the reasons I like talking to you is because you cover so many different states, um, so many different regions, and because we can really get a sense of, of what small to medium-sized business owners are dealing with. And, and one of those issues is the availability of capital so that you can do things like open new restaurants. How does that stand, and what are the costs when you do try to build out a new restaurant? Well, um, that's been one of the things that's impacted us this year, Becky. We opened four restaurants this year. And we're on average, those restaurants were about six months delayed in opening, which costs us lost revenue, uh, lost profit, not to mention uh, those restaurants were over budget. So we, we spent additional dollars to open those. Um, so we, we've still got supply chain issues on that side, on that side uh, with development. We have a full plate of development next year. We have five restaurants opening next year. And we hope our, our situation will be a little bit better and you know, their, the cost will come down. We can get them open in a more timely fashion. Um, so, uh, but, on the, you know, when we opened up our Las Vegas restaurant this year, by way of example, it opened up almost six months late. However, uh, we had about 5,400 applicants for 180 positions there. So that was uh, 
really nice for us. Uh, we were able to hire just a first-rate staff there, which uh, in years past has been very challenging. So, you know, again, uh, optimistic for our development next year and in, in, in hopefully a little smoother than this year. As far as uh, credit goes and the banks, we've, we're fortunate. We've got a great relationship with our bank. We've been with them for many, many years. We've worked through the pandemic with them and so forth. Uh, so we've still got you know access to credit. It's just much more expensive. Uh, where I know some of my smaller restaurant uh, friends, I run a group uh, of seven restaurateurs here in town, and, and they're finding it pretty challenging to get ac access to credit on the smaller uh, business side. So I know it's out there, and, and it's a challenge, I think, for a lot of our fellow independent restaurants, restaurateurs out in the country. But that's, that's the difference between somebody who has more than 60 restaurants and somebody who has mm -hmm. five or ten restaurants. You've got a track record. I think so, here. yes. Okay. Yes, Absolutely. I, I, especially the single operator, that one or two restaurant independent operators really uh, is struggling with credit. But on the optimistic side, on the good news, it, it still makes sense for you to continue open restaurants, and you are. Right. And, and there's lead times on those, too. Some of these restaurants we've been planning for over two years to open. So that, that you know, um, and we're still taking advantage of some uh, opportunities that have fallen upon us from, from the pandemic. Uh, so, you know, it's a combination of those two. But we're, we're still, you know, like I said, I'm still... Uh, uh, positive, uh, and we we are able to. I think our P and L will be a little bit better last than this year. Um, challenge: we are, our profitability is down about ten percent this year, and I think uh, it'll come back. Um, especially what I'm seeing now, especially with cost of goods coming back in line, that was a big problem for us last year. Uh, so uh, that's helping, and, and it's it's now coming back to normal. So I'm optimistic about 24. Even the election year, I hope will stabilize and hopefully interest rates will stabilize, if not uh, come down next year. Okay, Cameron, thank you. Good talking to you. Okay, always good to see you, Becky. Thank you. What are you laughing about? I'm cracking myself up because I'm thinking of the Justin Bieber song. You know, we were talking about swapping out the F word with love. Yeah. Because if you like the way you look that much well baby you should go and love yourself yeah that there you go <laughs> yeah it keeps going or yeah. yeah go love yourself and if you think that i'm still holding on okay well, baby, i think it's amazing we have about a minute left. i think it's amazing that you know I, that song uh too I forgot about it i don't know any other cracking uh, myself up go love yourself okay there you go I may have said that to someone on Twitter before with the other thing. Um, I think I might have. <laughs> That's the podcast for today. Thank you for tuning in as always. There is so much more Squawk Pod for you to explore on your podcast feed. As long as you follow us wherever you're listening now, you'll find a recap of that eye-popping conversation with Elon Musk, expletives and all. And from over the weekend, an audio experience in two parts. Charlie Munger, A Life of Wit and Wisdom. Becky Quick guides us through her last interview with the Berkshire investing icon just two weeks before he passed at age 99. Make sure you download those, frankly, very emotional and sometimes comical episodes so you can listen anytime. Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin host our TV broadcast, Squawk Box, every weekday morning on CNBC. They start bright and early at 6 Eastern and they keep going for three hours. The highlights are always here on Squawk Pod. We'll catch you back here tomorrow. And we are clear. Thanks, guys.
Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.